sometimes the whole thing doesn't seem to be real. It's just something, you, you, you miss her as a daughter, you know, she's not with us anymore. But she's left such a, a wonderful legacy that I'm very grateful for that. Challenger astronaut Krista McAuliffe's mother, Grace George Corrigan. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Tomorrow's January 28th, and nearly everyone, if you're old enough, remembers where you were on January 28th, 1986, 35 years ago. That was the day that the nation, the world, watched in horror as the space shuttle Challenger exploded just a minute and a half after it took off. Challenger, go with throttle up. Challenger, go with throttle up. controllers here looking very carefully at the situation obviously a major malfunction one of those aboard the challenger that day was teacher astronaut krista mcauliffe who'd won a nationwide competition to become the first teacher in space among those watching the liftoff in person that day was krista mcauliffe's mother grace george corrigan imagine the horror she must have felt that day and in subsequent days having to relive her daughter's death over and over again in the media somehow grace george corrigan found it in herself to keep a, a diary a journal and a few years later she published that journal and that's when i had the chance to meet her so here now from 1993 grace george corrigan i am not a writer at all and i mean I, it was just a simple story about Kristen and her life and um it was just a journal I put together. It struck me, though, that you would have had a great deal of difficulty putting this together were it not for the fact that she was a rather prolific writer as well, a writer of letters, a writer of notes, a writer of uh, postcards, a writer. It, it is unusual in this day and age for people to write detailed letters and notes and perhaps even more unusual for people to hang on to them. Uh, I have quite a lot that I've hung on to write. Um, in fact, I think I have just about everything that she has ever written to me yeah, and all the kids. Actually, for for most of us whose only public, the only perception we have of your daughter is uh, the teacher in space program. We saw, you know, the the the, the joy, the jubilation, the right. months, the months leading up yeah. to, then the tragedy, and we've we've heard all sorts of tabloid news reports ever since. Right, and that's all the picture that we know of her. This is all we've seen of her. Perhaps that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book. I, 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 <laughs> I I'm so grateful that you did because uh -huh. this is such a much much more detailed and, and richly textured portrait. It's, it's just the story of her life and our life. It's really an average American family. But you say in here that she was a hero long before the Teacher in Space program. Well, we can qualify that because of the exemplary life that she did leave and the fun life that she did leave and what she left for everyone else. She did enjoy life, didn't she? She absolutely did. She got more out of her 37 years, and a lot of people got out if they, out of life if they lived to be 100. Even that, even even her teaching experience with 7th and 8th graders oh, who... Uh, she loved them, loved them, <laughs> loved them. <laughs> and I know I substitute teach, and 7th and 8th grade is a pretty rough grade to try to get through to, but she loved them. Even uh, the the notes that she was writing to at that time about the kids that she would like to string up. Oh, and, right. And the others. <laughs> I mean, there are teachers. What what separates somebody like Krista who was able to turn that into something positive and optimistic and people who 
turn sour and bitter and go home and kick the dog. I mean, what, what's what's the difference between <laughs> oh, those kind of people? I couldn't tell you that. It's just perhaps her, just her nature. There, there's got to be something about her upbringing, her family oh. life, too. Thank you. I don't mind taking credit for some <laughs> of it, but I really think it, it, it's Krista. Just the type of person she was. What led her to join the Teacher in Space program to begin with? The excitement of it. I mean, after all, here's a chance to go for a ride. That uh, how, how many people do get that kind of an opportunity? And I mean, it was something she just couldn't let go. <laughs> and, well, of course, the, the the flashback in here when you go back to the John Glenn's flight and uh, oh, right. and she's she's telling her classmate, "I want to do yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. Well, she grew up in that age. I mean, this was something that seemed to be beyond what one person would be able to do, and yet she here here you had an opportunity to do it. Very few people had this opportunity. But it was also important to her during that time that she was growing up in a household where. Girls were allowed to do non-girl things. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess times had started to change at that time. But I mean, you never told her, oh, come on, you can't be an astronaut. You could never be in space. You could never do anything like oh, that. No, why would I ever do that? <laughs> I would have loved to have done it if I were young enough. You have, you have flown, uh, not in space, but you, I mean, you have, oh, you have oh, flown, well, haven't obviously. you? Oh, of course. In fact, I've flown in the simulated space capsule. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts. <laughs> The way the way that she comes across in your book, it wasn't that she was, uh, you know, a, a sweaty palmed, white knuckled, uh, oh, you know, no, nervous no, about this. No. And, uh, it, it almost feels like just the opposite that she couldn't she wait was. to get up there. Yeah, she couldn't. Uh, every single experience she had was exciting to her, and no matter what she was doing there, it was something new, something different, and and just an adventure. And do you know how much of a how much this sounds like a made-for-TV movie where she gets her entry in right at the last minute. Oh. <laughs> you know, can't you see the, the people sprinting down the sidewalk, running for the mailbox? She was always last minute with everything. <laughs> she had so many things going that she had to work that way. Was, was, was there ever any doubt in her mind that she wanted to apply? I know that oh, the, no. the, the, no, no, the no. application what? process looked pretty severe. The application process was horrible. There were so many. I think there were 45,000 teachers that sent the application. And look at 11,500 completed it. I mean, they'd look at that and say, no way. <laughs> it was it was a tough uh, application. It took a lot of time. And then she had to make a videotape as well. Right, right. And obviously she she made some sort of an impression if they, after twenty after just 20 minutes, decided, yeah, this is oh, the yeah. one we want. No, she did. Uh, it, apparently she came across as having the right stuff, and she proved it. But again, to put it in context, in t in context of her whole life, you know, the Girl right. Scouts, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, a nun playing the vibraphone, you know, yeah. the, the, the whole bit. <laughs> you really did read the book, didn't it's, you? <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book oh, because I'm so glad. when you know all that other stuff, being a teacher in space, yes, it's extraordinary, and yes, it's you uh -huh. know a great honor. But knowing Krista, it's not unusual. No, the situation was unusual, but knowing Krista wasn't something that was unusual for her to do. But there was, there was that confusion you, you alluded to early on when the news, the initial news reports coming out that, that the president of the commission had chosen Sharon McAuliffe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't been Sharon for so many years. <laughs> I was wondering, who? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Some of her own cousins didn't know who it was. <laughs> But then, obviously, I mean, the, the, now you you read and you saw a lot of the media that occurred after she'd been chosen during the months of training. Right. Uh -huh. What what kinds of things drove you crazy? I mean, the 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 the, the things that were made up, the things the, the the quotes that were put in her mouth. Uh, what 
Were the things that just frustrated you? No, no, nothing did. It was such a fun, fun time. It really was. She was having a ball, and we were having just fun going along with her. Did she ever at any point say, gee, I, I don't know, this this is pretty rigorous. I don't no know if I should way, do this. No way. There was not. The only thing that ever had bothered her was the fact that she had left her family at home, she'd left her kids at school, and that she she have, did have as much contact as possible with them. But that was the only thing that was really upsetting was the fact that her family wasn't with her. But it was one of those choices, you know, I'll take a year out of my life to do this extraordinary thing, and uh, it was going to be worth it. You know, I couldn't help wondering how many of those 11,000-plus teachers who returned the application were thinking, hmm... After I put in my year with NASA, let's see, book tour, contract, right, a movie, right. uh, all sorts of lucrative lecture right. circuit. I could make tons of money from this. Well, you know, she probably would have been able to, but her heart was in the classroom. And I firmly believe she was going back into that classroom. That's why I, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of teachers perhaps saw it as a ticket out of the classroom. Well, she had known that, in fact, uh, before they had chosen the teacher in space, some of the teachers had mentioned the fact that I don't have to go back into the classroom. I am going to do this or I am going to do that. And that was very upsetting to her because she had discussed it with us and said that I don't understand how they can be teachers, apply for this, and not go back into the classroom. Because as I said in the book, if the teacher in space doesn't go back in the classroom, something's wrong. And she was, uh, even, uh, uh, I guess shortly before, help me put it in context, shortly before the flight, when there were, uh, uh, there was a group of students, uh, taking a tour at Cape Canaveral or, or Houston, uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting the details wrong, but she that's said, right. see, they're already, at, yeah, it's already that's working. right. I know what you're referring to, right? She was very excited about that because my husband and I were down at that interview and we were watching her and afterwards she came, she said, gee, this is just great. These kids are really interested. You know, and because I am here as a teacher, you know, they're listening to me. She would have, uh, yeah. I, I was frankly looking forward to uh, to the lessons she was going to give us oh, from we space. We all were, we all were. I mean, not just not just because of the curiosity. No, no, no. no. It was but, the uh, fact that there is a teacher there. Yeah. It's a common, ordinary person up there, you know. And not just one of these dry mm-hmm. social studies teachers. No, she was never dry herself. <laughs> No, no. no the, but her, her her passion for her subject and and her enthusiasm just just yeah. shone through, which of course is what makes the whole story so poignant. Uh, I mean, it, it, thank you. Uh, it, it is, but when you look at it, is a tragic loss whenever human life is lost. But to lose someone who was so full of life and so enthusiastic, and you know, the sad, sad part is there were seven of them like that, seven of them then. Young people. You uh, you describe it very frankly in the book the the, the media ordeals that you had, had to put up with. Uh, Most that, media was wonderful, though they really were. But some of them clearly had their own stories yeah. that they wanted to write, right. and by golly, they were going to try to write those no matter what <laughs> you said. Or did. And they did. <laughs> um, how how do you make it through a period like that? It must be so disturbing. You're talking about after the the the, the immediate aftermath right. when when well, not only when not only do you have the grief of a parent yeah. who's lost a child, but then the media pounding yeah. on your door. Well, it, it's one of those things that you, you just take moment and walk with it. It's you know, there's nothing you can do except go on, and you do. And then we really didn't give any interviews at all. It was just 
it it happened, and you know, and, and you can't go back, and you have to go on, and you knew obviously you knew Krista wouldn't have wanted us to have <laughs> fallen short of doing what she would have thought would have been the right thing, and hopefully we did that. Your husband was very bitter about uh, NASA, though. And wouldn't you be bitter if um, you had abs- lost a daughter? <laughs> lost a daughter that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it strikes me that uh, the studies that have been done since then have more or less proven him right. It, it is, and I believe that. When, when, the, when the anniversary of, of that launch comes up, or when, when Krista's birthday comes up, mm-hmm. uh, are those particularly difficult moments for you? Oh, yes and no, I suppose. I mean, the whole... Sometimes the whole thing doesn't seem to be real, and uh, it's just something you, you you miss her as a daughter. You know she's not with us anymore, but she's left such a a wonderful legacy that I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, it, 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 that's another point that you that's mm-hmm. very important that you make in this book is that that right. her work did not end. Oh, it absolutely. At that and and I firmly believe she did complete her mission, which was to focus on education. And teachers. And she certainly did that. Well, your work has certainly gone on in her behalf well, That's why as well. I'm doing it for that's, her. <laughs> there's there's a, a number of opportunities now for not only students, but for teachers, for, for people to follow in her example, to follow in her footsteps, mm-hmm. and to, to take advantage of the doors that she's opened. We have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teachers in this country. And a lot of them have go unrecognized. And we are finally starting to recognize some of these great people out there and to keep a focus on education, show the country what they're doing and how necessary it is for the children and the future of this country. And that I am so pleased if I can have any part in that. And that is exactly what I'll try to do. Krista McAuliffe's father died in 1990. Grace George Corrigan died in 2018. She was 94 years old. Now, you can find easy Amazon links to Grace George Corrigan's book, as well as several others about Krista McAuliffe and the Challenger disaster, at our website, heardeverything.com. Would you do me a favor? If you liked today's interview, would you tell a friend about Now I've Heard Everything? We post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything my 1988 interview with a man who was, to me, a friend, a role model, and someone really to look up to as an interviewer, as a broadcaster, the inimitable Larry King. The main thing you have to be is be honest. If you don't know something, say you don't know it. If a guest says a word you don't understand, ask him to explain it. Never be afraid of looking stupid. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.